That's in the Bible, Episode 8, Did Jesus Really Go to Hell? Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, sage the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello, and welcome back to That's in the Bible. And uh, joining me today, of course, are none other than Steve over in beautiful, sunny, warm, I would think by this time, Western New York and Central New York is Matthew. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Good, good, good. It's good to be here. How are those ribs, Steve? Uh, they're getting much, much better. Thanks for praying. See, now, the people... Uh, had not tuned into the previous episode, they might think you're eating ribs or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Broke a couple of ribs, playing some basketball, and uh, for about two weeks it was was pretty rough. Uh, this week um, it's gotten much better. Uh, been able to, to speak clearly, much more clearly. We'll find um, out soon. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me laugh too hard, Eric. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, that's good. I'm glad you're feeling better. Glad you're uh, you're back with us. And uh, and the uh, the youngster of the group, youngster. I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. I heard you heard you went out and joined a parade today. Well, yeah, we did. Uh, not today, but actually, uh, what day is today? Sunday. We did it yesterday, Saturday. And uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty interesting. You know, the big St. Patrick's Day parade for Syracuse, and uh, thousands and thousands of people were out there and. Uh, you know, one one pretty amazing thing that uh, I heard when we were walking, there was two guys in front of me, two other brothers in the Lord, and they had uh, signs on, uh, scripture signs. And uh, what I heard from one of the two girls walking side by side of me, they said, boy, it seems like the uh, Jesus freaks uh, come out during these things, don't they? And meanwhile, I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these people in kilts and uh, <laughs> and uh, in these green faces, green dyed hair, uh, drinking all this alcohol, uh, just green stumbling alcohol. around on each other, and uh, and they're calling us Jesus freaks, you know. Yeah. So, so all I can say is, listen, don't don't be intimidated by these people. I mean, we're, we're out there doing something that the Lord wants us to do, yeah. and they're just being out there being uh, uh, just weirdos. And they're the, and they're the normal ones. Yes, yeah, they're, they're, the normal, they're ones. normal ones. <laughs> it's about the way it is. So that was my experience. It was fun. And so were you guys, what, passing out tracks and things? We were. We were passing out tracks, uh, preaching a little bit on the side streets where we could. And, and uh, you know, uh, there were some people that really did want to listen. I, I had a couple conversations, one with a guy that, you know, he's real interested and, and gave him a track and gave him the gospel. And I said, listen, you really got to pray about it, you know, and, and uh some, uh, of course, really uh, bad conversations with a lot of drunken people, but, uh, you know, I got to pray for everybody. So, so it was all together. I mean, we got out probably uh, at least a thousand tracks between the three of us. Wow. So, I mean, there's just so many people there. You could just hand them out like candy. There was, there was a couple other actual Baptist churches there, which was pretty nice to see. But, but, uh, but yeah, that was good. Now, what, what, what exactly is uh, St. Patrick's Day? Is that, what kind of holiday is that? Well, you know, they've they've taken it. St. Patrick was actually a, a born-again Christian, but the Catholics have kind of adopted him as a saint. And uh, it's kind of a reverie and, and uh, you know, uh, an excuse, I guess, to kind of drink and party and so forth. So, But uh, St. Patrick was anything but a rabble-rousing uh, Irishman, so... They just kind of made that up, huh? They kind of adopted him, yes. He might have he might have been quote Catholic, but he wasn't Catholic by his belief. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Any excuse, I guess, to get drunk and act a fool. That's oh, yeah. right. Well, Buffalo has their Dingus Day uh, the day after <laughs> Easter, so they don't do that too often. They might do it in Chicago and Buffalo. I haven't heard it anyplace else, but uh, the squirt guns and pussy willows and flowing beer, uh, quite a quite a sight to behold in hmm. Buffalo. And uh, I think they had a parade recently here. I, I just uh, stayed away, stayed away from it. 
<laughs> Didn't go to it. All right, so uh, Steve, uh, shortly you'll be uh, you'll be kind of a um, headline grabbing announcement or heading for your uh, your um, devotional type lesson today. Did Jesus go to hell? Yes. Did Jesus really go to hell? That's uh, what we're going to be studying today. Hopefully, it won't be as long as the, some of the studies that we've had in the past. I know some of mine have been kind of long. Not so. to mention your names, Matt. I won't say anything to Matt, but uh, and, and I was going to wink, wink. <laughs> I was Steve just says, hopefully it won't be as long down. as Matt was. <laughs> just come on and say it, brother. Yeah, well, see, I was long too, and I was just going to say my name. I wasn't going to say anything else, and just kind of take the blame. But no, you had to put your. You name know what it there. was, though. You know what it was is I took, uh, I you know, I listened to yours, and then I said, you know what, I'll just go a little bit longer than Steve. That's what I. <laughs> Now, wait a minute, brother. You were the very first one that took <laughs> off body, soul, and spirit. So don't give me this stuff, huh? <laughs> I think you tried to top yourself on the second one. So, just Matt says, I'll see how much scripture I can outdo, Steve. I can add more scripture to mine <laughs> yeah. than Steve. Can. Amen. <laughs> Matt was saying something about it. You know, Steve, I wish it was longer, a little bit of fluff. And there's no scripture there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, we've got the got the answer for that one today, so we've got right. a lot of scripts in there today. All right, well, we're looking forward to that, and we'll get to that in just a moment, but I know you've all been waiting for our quote of the day. And our quote for today is by William Penn, and his quote is, Those people who will not be governed by God will be ruled by tyrants. What do you think about that quote? Well, I tell you, it's it's pretty revealing. Uh, obviously, you couldn't get by again. You know, as we kind of mentioned the last podcast, you wouldn't be able to get by with that kind of a statement today. Uh, you'd be guilty of hate speech and and uh, defaming other people and being judgmental and so forth. But uh, you know, those that refuse to be governed by Jesus Christ by God. Uh, you know, they have a certain agenda behind them. I mean, it's evidenced by what we see today. They're trying to take God out of everything, you know, in public life and in the uh, political arena. And uh, you you just see with that onset of of that kind of uh, system, if you will, you see the the, uh, demoralization of a people. You see the... um, the uh, moral fiber of of humanity, those people in America just going down, 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 God meaning less and less. Uh, those that go to church are basically just doing it as a token, probably more so to make their conscience feel good than anything else because they certainly don't receive anything out of the churches, out of the preaching. Uh, it's softened the churches terribly. Uh, to where they're no longer preaching against sin. Uh, they're all trying to make people feel good. And uh, really, that's not what uh, God's all about. I'm not talking about just going out and making people feel nasty. <clears throat> but when you preach the truth, uh, you know, you're going to hit some negative things. And uh, uh, my understanding of math in, in, in regards to algebra, two negatives make a positive. And uh, that's kind of the way God is, if you, if you take a look at it. I mean, you take a look at the Ten Commandments. Most of those commandments are negative in nature. But what do they produce? They produce a positive result. You take a look at the gospel. It is negative. I mean, you're talking about the death and the burial. But when you come on to the third part, you have the resurrection, which is a positive. So in order for... Um, you know, us to, to be the kind of people that we ought to be, there ought to be that sense of negative to produce a positive result. And what people are trying to do with their, you know, uh, uh, with a feel-good preaching and all that kind of stuff that's going on, and people that are trying to get rid of God and they're trying to evoke the positive out of people, feel good about yourself, all they're doing is producing a negative result instead of a positive result. So when you focus on God and you are allowed to be ruled by God, he produces a good people, a righteous people, a moral people. 
And when you take the focus away from God, you just get sin and, and uh, degradation that uh, abounds. Amen. That's good. And, and I think, too, you know, some, uh, some types that we get from this and, and some examples that we get from the Bible is when uh, man's left to his own heart. And uh, especially during the times of Noah, where uh, the Lord said, I believe it's in uh, Genesis chapter 7, that uh, the, the thoughts of man was wicked continuously, and, and it just didn't end. And, and that's the thing, when uh, you don't have a godly man in power and God, you know, at the head, uh, you have just a, a just a nation of just people that don't care about what God says, and, and especially at the Tower of Babel as well. Um, you know, instead of them forming a government that was consistent with God and His commands, uh, really, man just developed a government that was directly against God, and uh, their give, their government was really set up as a one-world global and universal and United Nations, and right. uh, and that was concerned about unity and progress. Which, boy, that sounds just like today. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they didn't care really uh, anything about their sins and God, like Steve said. And uh, we're seeing the the effects of that today, just like uh, in the days of Noah, God brought the flood and the destruction. And also uh, in the Tower of Babel, God confounded their language. And, and you know, I, I truly don't believe that God's going to confound any language or, or set people apart anymore like that. I truly believe that the next thing to happen is is the tribulation period, yep. and and I Amen. truly believe that's coming soon because we see exactly what happened through no you know Noah's day and also the the, the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. I agree. Amen. Well, these quotes that we've been using for the quote of the day have been taken from a publication that um, I believe Sam Gip, evangelist Sam Gip, has published, and it's available. I believe some of them probably are still available through his website. It's called We Are Americans. And that's at, um, his website is a friend to churches, a friend to churches ministries. The link is, link is on our links on the front of our page at that's in the Bible.com. But his is samgip.com. And Sam Gip is a, uh, a really, uh, really, um, great evangelist who has been around for quite a while. Amen. And, um, we've, uh, I think all have, well, I don't think Matt has a, Steve and I have heard, had the pleasure of getting to know him a little bit and to, to hear him preach. Get to know him and appreciate him greatly. So, man, he's a good man. You know, one of the things, and and I don't know that I expressed it well enough, but you know, in the first comment about uh, William Penn's statement there, but it talks. I guess I just want to try to emphasize the the fact that what was toler or not tolerable. Uh, years ago has now become tolerable. I mean, in the movies, when they first came out, they first started making the movies, you know, the guy kissed the girl behind uh, the hat or he kissed his horse instead of the girl. And now as God is being uh, eliminated from society, uh, we're seeing a digression that is just unbelievable. The The things that you'll see on TV... Uh, and uh, in the movies uh, have left nothing to the imagination at all. And as time goes on, believe it or not, it will even get worse and worse. Amen. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're desensitizing the, the populace. And the, the way that they do it, first of all, is they make you laugh. Yeah. They poke fun at things that people really don't like and care for. And once they've poked fun at it long enough, your barriers to that, your reservations to that lower, and now you've become more accepting of it. And when you become more accepting of it, they can stretch the envelope a little bit further and go farther uh, farther and farther. I mean, you think of the homosexual movement and all the things that was unheard of to be even have any of that in the on TV or in the movies or anything else now uh, with certain television shows they've had on on uh, on the on the air uh, that get you to laugh at homosexuality and so forth and now it's becoming more prevalent and more accepted and uh, the agenda is is pushing it further and further and to be honest with you, and I hate to say this, and I'm not trying to be overly graphic, but one of the things that God mentioned in the same context with homosexuality was bestiality. 
And uh, if it continues to go the direction that it's going, I'm not saying it's going to get there, but if it continues to go in the direction it's going, it's going to get right there to bestiality, and they're going to poke fun at it, and then they're going to, uh, you know, people are going to be more accepting of it, and who knows when uh, either the Christians will stand up and draw the line, or God Himself will stand up and draw the line, and say, "All right, I've had enough." And as Matt says, the Christians will be taken out in the rapture, and the tribulation will start, and uh, God's wrath will be poured out on this earth. And they'll think, you know, they'll blame God for all of the tragedies that'll take place and all the mayhem that'll take place in the tribulation. And it's because of man, not because of God, that those things will come to pass. And so I just wanted to try to reiterate again, just if, if you doubt what we're saying about not having God rule over you, then you'll be ruled by tyrants and be ruled by those that have a social agenda and a political agenda that is so far removed from God, just take a look at the digression uh, that's taken place over the last, I don't even have to say 100 years, say the last 50 years, Yeah. and you'll just, you'll be amazed. And hopefully it'll open up your eyes and see, uh, see what we're talking about and how, how, how important it is to be governed by God. And you're not exaggerating at all, Steve. I agree with you completely. And even in the last 20 years, um, I mean, you can't go to uh, in, any kind of public venue like Matt had talked about going to the parade, but even even like to a mall or a shopping center. And right. some of the conversations that you hear because they're speaking so loudly <sighs> and, you know, and the swearing and the vulgarity, it's just, it seems to be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I went to a public park uh, today uh, before church tonight uh, to run and do some laps, and and some young teens were playing football, and and every other word was a swear word, and and it's just it's tough, you know. Like Steve was saying, especially the TV shows. Uh, I know, uh, Dad, uh, you like and I like it too. Andy Griffith. I mean, mm-hmm. every show had a moral uh, subject to it, and was right. trying to teach somebody something good morally. And, you know, and the father was the head of the household and, and, you know, Opie, you know, was, was a kid that would learn from his dad and, and good, they were really good Bible principles, really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you do, you do see the digression of, of the TV stations and, and now they're actually promoting all that. And I remember when I was, go- right when I got out of college and I started working on uh, my x-ray job at the hospital, the biggest show that was out that the women were talking about was Desperate Housewives. And, uh, and that is just, you know, the, the lowest, the low that I thought it could get, uh, but it's just gotten so much worse. And like Steve said, I mean, you get, uh, you know, the Bible says that your conscience gets seared with a hot iron. And I truly believe that's what's happening is that these people that are watching these TV shows are getting so used to watching these that their conscience gets seared so that they can't even know what's right or wrong between Amen. God. Right. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. Amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and and, uh, get into our lesson for today. I know that there's many have tuned in for that because the whole idea that uh, Jesus might have gone to hell, I think some are wondering, where is that coming from? So take it away, Steve. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. And uh, again, I will try to uh, make this shorter than uh, we have in the past. Um, the question that uh, we posed today, did Jesus really go to hell? You know, for, for a fundamentalist or for uh, a Bible believer, uh, that really isn't a question. Uh, but there are a lot of people out there that have, <clears throat> uh, they disagree, uh, they uh, uh, have uh, an opinion that's contrary to that. They don't think that Jesus Christ went to hell, and and even, even at that, they don't believe in a fiery hell. They believe in a in a, a grave, so to speak, the tomb that he was in, and that's all it's a reference to. Uh, but I'm here to say from the scriptures, I believe we can demonstrate that uh, Jesus Christ went to a place that was uh, burning and on fire, and he did that for a specific purpose. And hopefully, by the grace of God, we can. Uh, 
show that to you from the scriptures. <clears throat> One of the things I want to do, first of all, is to kind of just, in a very brief way, recap something that Matt had taught in the very first podcast on the body, soul, and spirit. And only do that because <clears throat> the body or the this helps answer this question. <clears throat> the, the body, as uh, it was formed out of the dust of the ground, uh, we go back to Genesis chapter chapter 1 and, and chapter 2, it says that Adam's body was formed out of the dust of the ground. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I believe it's 23, where it says, I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there are three parts to the human being. It's a body, it's a soul, and a spirit. And in fact, God puts the emphasis the other way around. He says it's all spirit, soul, and body. And so we wanted to, to try to, to show you that there are three parts, and Jesus Christ was no different. He had a body, he had a soul, and he had a spirit. Now, the only thing that made Jesus Christ unique is that he was all God at one time, and he was all man at the same time. So, in essence, Jesus Christ, being a member of the Trinity, is all God. He's body, soul, and spirit, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. At the same time, he was a man, <coughs> excuse me, and he had a body, and he had a soul, and he had a spirit. And those are the things that we want to kind of try to talk about. Take a look in Job chapter 14. A man, uh, uh, Job chapter 14 and verse 10, it says, But man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? And where is he? That's the question. <clears throat> when the, the physical body and soul and spirit of Jesus Christ died here on this earth on the cross, where did he go? Where is he? Um, let's get started again and take a look in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we'll take a look in verses 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, but which also ye are saved. <clears throat> if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. <clears throat> now, Jesus Christ had given us the gospel, and the gospel is his death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what the gospel is. It's not the love of God. It's not all these other things that men try to, to derive in their mind. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, take a look in uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 7. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, uh, five, wherefore, he is able also to save them to, to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now, I just wanted to say that to reiterate the, the, the last part of the verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 4, that he arose again the third day according to the Scriptures. When he arose, he went up to be with God. Now take a look in Luke chapter 23. We'll see this again. Just some more background verses to kind of give us a premise for where, where we're going to go. In verse uh, uh, Luke chapter 23, verse 46, now this is going to tell you where his spirit went. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands 
I command my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. So when Jesus Christ died on the cross, <clears throat> as he died, he, he, he said to the Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Which means that when he died, his spirit went to heaven to be with God. Now, take a look in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, take a look in verse 50. <clears throat> and behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deeds of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took him down and wrapped him in linen, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a sepulcher uh, that was hewn of stone, uh, where, uh, wherein never man before was laid. So when Jesus Christ died, he gave up the ghost, his spirit went to heaven to be with God, and his body went into a grave, it went into a sepulcher, and they laid him there for three days and three nights, as it turns out. Now go to Acts, Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> now the first verse we're going to read, I want you to, I'm going to break it down in two where the comma is, and you're going to see a distinction. Then we're going to go to another verse to prove that distinction. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 2 and verse 27, it says this, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, He's talking about his soul. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Now the first part of that verse, thou, uh, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, obviously it's talking about his soul. His soul is a bodily shape that's on the inside, uh, and that's uh, the living soul that we talked about before, that God created in Adam. So when he died, his soul went to hell. Then there's a comma, and that comma separates and says, Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. That's talking about his body. How do you know that? Take a look in verse 29. <clears throat> Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he, all, uh, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn <clears throat> with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, <clears throat> he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. <clears throat> Excuse me. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are, we all are witnesses. So do you see how he broke that down? He said in the first part of that verse, um, uh, he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. So he's making a distinction before between the soul and his flesh. The flesh was in the grave, and his soul went to hell. Those, there are many that, that try to say that, that hell and the grave are the same, and that's not the case. That's not the case at all. <clears throat> Let's go to another verse first, a couple of verses, and then we're going to go back to this, this uh, 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 hell and grave thing for just a few moments. In Matthew chapter 12, it talked about hell there and, and not leaving his soul in hell. <clears throat> so we're going to cross-reference hell. And in Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 40, it says, There was then <coughs> certain of the scribes <coughs> and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign of thee from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it 
but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Now, what these guys were doing is they wanted him to see him heal somebody. They wanted to see him uh, feed another group of people. Uh, they were basically <clears throat> doing this just to tempt Jesus Christ. They had no intention on believing on the miracles that he did or the sign that he did, but they just wanted to see him do something in front of them. It, kind of like a sideshow, kind of like what Herod want Christ to do <clears throat> that when he was standing before him. So Jesus Christ does not give them the satisfaction of providing a sign for them in their face. But what he does, he see, talks about the prophet Jonas. <clears throat> it says there in, the, in verse 40, he says, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And of course, what he was trying to get across, he was trying to get across the resurrection. <clears throat> that Jesus Christ was going to go to hell, as it mentioned there uh, in, uh, in Acts chapter 2. He was going to go to hell, and then he was going to rise again from the day, uh, dead, and his body was not going to see corruption because it was going to be raised before that time. Now, the reason why I say that, if you remember, in uh, John chapter 11, talked about Lazarus being raised from the dead. And it was the fourth day, and Mary and Martha said, uh, Lord, uh, you know, you don't want to open up the tomb. He says, by now he stinketh. His body was already starting to decompose. It was already started to see corruption. Three days seemed to be the, the limit for that. And so that's why he says that he would rise before three days and his flesh would not see corruption. So the sign was given not only to the Pharisees but to all of us that uh, as Jonas was three days and three nights in the uh, whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, describing where hell is. Hell is in the heart of the earth. How do we know this? Go to Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. <clears throat> and we're going to read a good portion of Jonah chapter 2 because there's a few things in there that you need to see. <clears throat> then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me and out of the belly of hell cried I. Now, just to give you an idea, Jonah didn't, you know, wasn't like Pinocchio and, and Geppetto being in the whale's belly and, and being alive in there, uh, surviving on a raft. That's not what happened. <clears throat> when that whale swallowed up Jonah in a process of time and those gastric juices taken place and all the other stuff that was in there, Jonah died. He died, and it was down in the depths of of the sea, as we'll see a little bit later, and uh, he was in the belly of hell, and he cried, and thou heardest my voice, for thou hast cast me into the deep, and in the midst of the seas, and the flood floods compassed me about, and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I, uh, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look Toward, uh, look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. And the depth closed round about me, and the weeds wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Kind of lets you know that he was dead. He was there, down there forever. <clears throat> Yet thou hast brought uh, up my life from corruption, O Lord my God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. Now, he's not talking about his body here. He's talking about his soul. I remembered the, the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. Then uh, they that observed uh, observe thy lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of uh, thanksgiving. 
I will pay that uh, that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. Now, he said, out of the belly of hell I cried. It says, the earth with her bars was about me forever. And he said, my soul fainted within me. So Jonah was in this belly, the belly of the fish. That's where his body was. His soul was in hell, down in the midst of the earth, down at the mountains. And it says that, that it had bars. It had bars. Take a look. Um, oh, where can we go? Uh, go to Matthew. Um, well, hold off on that first. Let's, let's do this. Uh, I want to. I want to. I'm not going to try to do this to impress you. And it's, uh, in fact, I'm not. I'm not doing this. Uh, it's kind of out of character for me to do this. But I want to want to let you know that there's a, a couple of words here that need to be uh, explained. Um, in the uh, Old Testament, there's a word for the grave called keber. And that's when it's talking about people being lowered down into the grave. In fact, oftentimes it's used in the plural. And that's where people are talking about. In the Greek, it's, it's another word. I'm going to do the best I can to pronounce it. Menemion. Uh, I probably am wrong there, but that's the best I can do from what I have. But that's the Greek word for the word grave. Uh, there's another word that's often used for grave, but it's only used in a singular form. It's never l- used in a plural form, which lets you know that it's not the same word as the word that's used uh, when people are being lowered down into the grave or into graves. This word is called sheol. And that sheol is basically a place, a collection place for where the dead go. It's a general term for the underworld, and it encompasses all of that. It encompasses, uh, you could say, the grave. You could, it encompasses hell. It encompasses Abraham's bosom, which you find in, in Luke chapter 16. Now, just so that we're clear about Jesus Christ, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. This is talking about Jesus Christ. In verse 8 it says, Wherefore he saith, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might, uh, might fill all things. So when it's talking about Jesus Christ, it's, it's not talking about him just going to the grave and that was it. It's talking about him descending and going into the lower parts of the earth. And of course, that's what it's talking about in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 12, where it says he went into the heart of the earth. And, of course, in Jonah, uh, in reference to that prophecy, talks about him being in hell. Now, go to Revelation, Revelation chapter 1. We'll see another verse here. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of hell and of death. I have the keys. Now, in Jonah, (coughs) excuse me, in Jonah we saw that that hell had bars. Now that we talk about uh, in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18, it talks about hell having keys. Now take a look in, in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So when Jesus Christ went down into the lower parts of the earth, he went through bars, and he went through a gate, and he grabbed the keys of death and hell and took them with him. Not only... (laughs) 
Not only that, but he led captivity captive. Now, I want to give you two scriptures that are going to show you some things here. First of all, go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Now, we know that there's two places. Uh, I'm not going to go through it. Matt already went through some things there in, in Luke chapter 16, where it talked about the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, and uh, there's a place called hell where the rich man was. And if you take a look at the description, he had bodily features. He could talk. He could hear. Uh, he could feel. He could think. He could reason. Uh, there were all kinds of things that he could do with that soul that was in hell. And there's another place called Abraham's bosom, found there in Luke chapter 16 and verse 22. That's where the beggar was. And he was in, in comfort. He was in a state of rest, if you will, uh, until certain things took place. <clears throat> and uh, what that was to take what was about to take place was what we're about to read in First Peter chapter four. In First Peter chapter four, verse five, it says this: "Who shall give account of uh, to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead?" Uh, for for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that he might be a judge according to men in the flesh, but al but alive according to uh, God in the spirit. <clears throat> now notice there he's talking he's preaching to dead people, and he's preaching the gospel to them. Now. I'm not going to go into a long thing. We'll, we'll go into this another time. But the people in Abraham's bosom had their sins forgiven, and they were covered, but they were never taken away because the only one that could take away sins was Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. So that's why they were in a temporary place called Abraham's bosom until the final sacrifice the one that was said when he was on the cross, it is finished. When that was made, then he went down into the lower parts of the earth and he preached to the spirits or uh, preached to those that were in Abraham's bosom. And he preached the gospel to them. He preached that his blood was sufficient to pay for sins and to redeem their souls. And when he resurrected, he led captivity captive. Now go to 1 Peter chapter, um, chapter 3, and you'll see a different account. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Now those spirits in prison was uh, those that were on hell's side. <clears throat> and he preached to them, and he, and he gave them uh, kind of the riot act that their sins have condemned them, and they were going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. The, whether, whether he preached unto them, notice that the gospel is not present when he preached to those spirits in prison. So here's the picture that you have. You have Jesus Christ on the cross. He dies on the cross. His spirit goes to heaven to be with God. <clears throat> His body is taken from the cross and it's laid in a tomb. It's there for three days and three nights. His soul descends into the lower parts of the earth, fulfilling the prophecy of Jonah, and he goes into hell. He picks up the keys to death and hell. He preaches to those spirits there. And by, a, by just sidelight, just so that you can kind of get another picture, what would, it, what would have happened if we would have died in our own sins? What would we have had to do? We would have had to go to hell and pay for our sins forever. Now, what I'm suggesting sounds a little far out, but think of it 
in those terms that the payment that he made for us, he was our substitute. And when he went to hell, somehow, I can't, I, I, I don't know that I could explain it fully, but he paid an eternal payment in hell for you and I. So somehow, some way, he suffered it an eternity in hell. Now, obviously, being part of God, he wasn't able to do that or didn't do that, but he preached to the spirits in prison, took the keys of death and hell, went over to Abraham's bosom, preached the gospel to him, led captivity captive. His soul was reconnected or or joined again with his body on the third day, he ascended out of or arose out of the grave, was seen of, of the twelve and of uh, James and, and of over 500 brethren and then finally of Paul. And then he ascended up into heaven after 40 days. So Jesus Christ's body did not see corruption. He went to hell. He preached to the spirits in prison and he arose again the third day. Did Jesus really go to hell? Yes, he did. He had to make an eternal payment for you and I. He dumped off the sins of the world there in hell, and he went over to Abraham's bosom, and he led captivity captive. Now, that kind of gives you a, 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 a Bible study on that. If you've got any questions, if you, if you disagree, you know, we, we really would appreciate the feedback. Uh, kind of let us know where you're coming from. You can leave us uh, uh, an email or a voicemail. Eric can give you the, the uh, particulars on that and how to do that here after we're done here with this Bible study. But uh, hopefully you'll, you'll consider some of these things. The uh, scriptures will be up on the, on the website so you can look through them again if I went too fast for you. But again, we, we ask that you seriously consider these things, pray over it, look it over, uh, and and uh, see what God would have you to, to believe on this, this matter of Jesus going to hell. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. That was, that was well done. There's a lot, lot of meat there, too. You know, you've got the, uh, the Old Testament saints in Abraham's bosom. Mm-hmm. You've got the uh, location, and I think Matt did go over some of this when he was in Luke earlier. Right. Um, you've got that uh, with... Uh, Looks like hell being right next to it, mm-hmm. um, and you even brought out that Jonah died and went to hell, right? Which is, <laughs> you know, that's pretty amazing. I, I think a lot of people don't think of that. They just think, you know, he was, he was in the whale's whale's belly and, and you know, just got vomited out. Yeah. So, well, you ever think of why the people readily accepted his message? You know, after three days, those. Uh, acids and so forth in that whale's belly to to <laughs> digest whatever food they have or whatever. I'm sure it took the pigment all out of him, and I'm <laughs> sure he came out like an albino, and he was white as a ghost. I mean, I'm sure you know. <laughs> I can preach see. those those eight you words. Probably looked you probably know? like me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to tell you, those people probably just feared God just looking at him. I, yeah, mean, I could see him yeah. like some sort of uh, half-eaten, digested zombie. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely that'd be rough (laughs) and you know what steve i think you know there's some people that i talk to also that still say that you know luke luke chapter 16 was a parable we're we're talking about abraham's bosom and and about uh hell there and about the great gulf fix between them and uh you know again uh, you know every time jesus christ used a parable he always spoke that he was using a parable said that he was and he never used names and and again he uses both of them and the problem that you run into is if you don't take that literal, that that was actual uh, a literal event that happened that took place, uh, then again you have a problem in uh, in Luke chapter twenty three, uh, where Jesus Christ is on the cross and and just before he dies, you know the the thief on the cross says to him, you know, remember me uh, while while you're in your kingdom, and this is what Jesus Christ says in Luke chapter twenty three verse forty three. It says, and Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And the whole thing is that, listen, you know, paradise was down in the center of the earth, uh, right across from hell, which is what we were just talking about. And if you don't take uh, Luke chapter 16 literally, uh, then you've got uh, Jesus Christ lying there because, because Jesus Christ went down to the center of the earth 
Amen. Very informative. And if you have questions, if you'd like to join in on this discussion, um, leave a comment. You can do so at our webpage, which is that's in the Bible.com. There's no punctuation. It's T H A T S I N T H E B I B L E. That's in the Bible.com. Um, also, our email address is also listed on there, which is that's in the Bible at gmail.com. So either way, you can either send us an email or you can just directly leave a comment uh, right on the webpage. If you do decide to send an email and you have access to an uh, audio recording, you can certainly uh, add an audio recording, uh, either a WAV file or an MP3 of your question or things that you'd like to comment on, and we'll certainly try and include that on our next show. So our next show coming up will be Matthew. That's right. I think I'm going to go be going over uh, why the church, the body of Christ, will not go through the tribulation. There's a lot of uh, discussions about uh, the different views of amillennialism, um, premillennialism, and and post, and and uh, you know, will the church age, will those that are saved right now, the body of Christ, will they go through the tribulation period? And, uh, you know, a lot of people just say, well, this is what I think. Well, this is what I think. But again, we're worried about what the Bible says and what God says. So uh, we'll bring that to you and, and hopefully it'll be a blessing. Amen. Amen. So we're looking forward to that. Well, guys, I want to thank you for taking the time today to, uh, to join us again. We're going to try and do our best to make this a weekly um, podcast. And even uh, with uh, broken ribs and uh, bad backs and... <laughs> and uh, all the things that us, us older guys have, not not the young Buck Matthew. That's right. <laughs> but uh, we'll certainly try to do our best to make it a, a weekly podcast. If there's some topic that you think you'd like to uh, have us talk about or have a question, certainly want to, uh, again, you can do that at our website, that's in the Bible.com, and uh, we'll do our best to address that as well. Amen. Anything else, guys? I think that's it from this end. That's it. Stay strong and, uh, you know, just keep keeping on. Amen. Okay. Well, we'll see everybody next time, Lord willing, and we'll look for you to join us here again at That's in the Bible. Going where no one dies, heavenward bound. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Shall rise, righteous be in the skies, going where, going where no one dies, heavenward bound.